Welcome to this week's edition of Taiwan Talk. I'm Hope Go. For the last 12 months, many of us have watched in horror as Russia attacked Ukraine and committed atrocities to the extent to which we won't know about until the fighting is over. For many of us, the events, like so many others, are headlines. But for Taiwan's expatriate Ukrainian community, the war unfolding on the other side of the world is more than that. The news represents heart-wrenching updates of hometowns obliterated, lives upended, and possibly even loved ones lost. This week, we speak to Alex Komenko, a Ukrainian living in Taiwan and one of the organizers of Taiwan Stands with Ukraine. He's one of the leading voices in the community, determined to keep Taiwan in the know about the events that are, even now, unfolding in his home country. It's been about six months when things happened. You know, I'm glad that I at least had six months. I was talking to one of our other supporters the other day after the rally, who's Ukrainian, and she actually landed in Taiwan on 224 last year, the day the war began. And then she had to spend two weeks in quarantine by herself while reading about and processing it. So could be worse. You were a very prominent figure last year. You were the lone person that stood outside the Russian office, and then one person became two, and then two became many, right? How did you feel when you saw the multiplying effect of what it is you had done? Well, first of all, it was, uh, even though I was the first one physically there, other people had the same idea and uh, showed up, a few showed up later that day, a few more showed up the next day, so I, I, I certainly can't claim to be the one who got everyone there, but it was very powerful to see the first day, maybe we were, there were a couple of people. Second day, I think we maybe had 20. And the third day, which was a Saturday, we probably had a couple hundred people on that corner. We had press, we had Ukrainians, Taiwanese, Europeans, uh, a lot of supporters. It definitely was very encouraging to see that many people. And that's where a lot of uh, essentially our movement, the Taiwan Stands with Ukraine, the, the little volunteer organization that I'm a part of, um, it, it all began right there on the corner by uh, just meeting people, finding others who wanted to act and figuring out what we could do. How many people does the organization have now? We're not a formal organization, so it's really hard to count. But I would say the core organization right now is is a handful, you know, five, six people maximum, people who really drive the event organization and or help uh, maintain the social media accounts. And then beyond that, there is a much bigger group of volunteers, uh, I would say, you know, several dozen people who reliably join in when we have events, whether it's rallies, whether it's cultural events that we do. I think it's, you know, altogether looking at people who participate fairly regularly, it is several dozen people, at least, and people who have come to more than one one event over the course of the year. How have you coped with holding down your job and trying to stay engaged and trying to mobilize at the same time? Yeah, I know it's been really difficult. Um, I think, you know, a huge chunk of the difficulty fell onto my wife. Right now she's not working, so she is doing a bulk of the, of the child care when, when the kids are not in school and, uh, just generally helping, you know, hold down the fort while I'm balancing family work. I work uh, at night. I consult part-time for an American company. So I'm able to have my days largely free. So I can still do school pickups and study a little bit of Chinese. And I protest, I organize and just try to balance everything. But yeah, it has not, it's not been easy. 
Okay, if I had to ask you what the highs and the lows were for the past year, what would they be for you, not just in terms of protesting and organizing, but also in watching what's happening in your home country? I think the first three or four months were really hard and definitely were full of you know, many, many lows, mostly just connected to watching the war and the atrocities unfold. And before it became clear that Ukraine will hold, and that the world will support us and that we will not be defeated you know, in short order. So I think until we got through that period, it was, you know, just, just a real roller coaster, right? Because every couple of days news would come out about something horrible happening or, you know, more territory lost or, you know, my hometown being shelled or you know, all those things. And then I think come summertime, in the middle of the summer, it became more clear that, um, you know, we have a chance that we'll continue to fight, that we'll continue getting support. You know, it's not that the atrocities that, that stopped, right? But it, it just became strangely more, you know, habitual, more normal to kind of coexist with wartime, you know, however horrible that sounds. And you just kind of think everybody just got more resolved to, uh, Keep moving forward. That's all we can do. Keep helping, keep supporting, keep fighting. Some highs were certainly, you know, being able to organize some events that, that attracted quite a bit of following here in Taipei, bringing the communities together to support, to unite, to organize. I think those were always great. Establishing the links and having the support of the Taiwanese government have been great. You know, it really, really helped from day one to have that support. Um, and then seeing how our efforts got uh, noticed, you know, in Ukraine and, and, and really helped, I think, to further the links between Taiwan and Ukraine and having the parliamentary delegation visit last year and, you know, going to the reception with the uh, Taiwanese government and the Ukrainian delegation, just seeing the support and the connections and seeing the hope of, you know, hopefully some, some more formal Ukraine representation coming to Taipei, to Taiwan in a couple of years and kind of seeing how our work fits into that. I think that's been really rewarding. We're entering the second year of the war. How do you hope to sustain interest, Taiwan's interest in, in what's happening on the ground in Ukraine? Yeah, this is something we, we ask ourselves quite a bit, you know, and in the end, all we can do is just get up every day and try to do something, right? So we'll continue organizing events, rallies, cultural events. We uh, are working on launching a crowdfunding uh, campaign. I was hoping to launch it at the one-year rally. I wasn't able to because some of the regulations surrounding crowdfunding, and I haven't been able to find an organization that um, will be able to help us fundraise, but um, continue to work on it. And um, I think we will launch that in the next month or so. And um, I think there's certainly appetite for uh, people helping. And we hope to raise a significant amount of money and just continue the work we do today with our smaller scale fundraising, where we channel money directly to projects in Ukraine that put that money to work. And uh, we make sure they know that the help is coming from Taiwan. And we ask them to promote Taiwan in, in Ukraine. And then we get feedback from them showing what they've done. And we post it here on our social media to show where the money is going. So we hope to um, be able to tap into the support uh, and uh, do some good work with that. And yeah, we'll continue organizing. Probably we'll try to do another cultural event in 
in the spring here in Taipei, have some other ideas for how to try to connect uh, with Taiwan, the Taiwanese and bring awareness about Ukraine and the war and Ukrainian culture and society here here to Taiwan and promote that. And so, yeah, we'll just continue doing that and hope that people will still know that the war hasn't stopped and we want support. We appreciate support. And I think by now a lot of people in Ukraine know about Taiwan's generosity and Taiwan's help. And we just hope to continue developing that. When the war ends, which I hope will be soon, what's the first thing you want to do? You know, the wars don't really end, right, on a certain date. So I think certainly there will be desire, I think, to, if there is some sort of event, you know, that can be considered to be an end, I think certainly the Ukrainian community would take a pause to acknowledge and, and perhaps celebrate it. But in the end, it's not the end. There's still a country to rebuild. There's still a chance that, you know, Russia may just want to take a pause and, you know, rearm and try it again. I mean, there's still, you know, they're rebuilding the recovery, a huge amount of trauma. So I think even if we take a short pause to, to celebrate something, next morning we'll wake up and we'll know that there's still years and years of work ahead of us. So I think we'll just hope that uh, the killing will stop and, and we'll continue working in a more peaceful way to, to rebuild the country and to continue helping Ukraine from, from here from Taiwan or from wherever we are. You were listening to Alex Komenko, a Ukrainian living in Taiwan and one of the organizers of Taiwan Stands with Ukraine. And that does it for this week's edition of Taiwan Talk. Do join us again next time. Thank you for tuning in.